Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. This week, we are talking about Mistborn, the Hero of Ages, chapters 21 through 25, wherein Demu lives, Vin and Elland have, uh, you know, they talk, Sazed kind of presides over stuff at the Pits of Hathson. We get a freaky spook flashback, and we revisit Tensoon a bit where, uh, he gets the bones that he was – I almost said that he was asking for. He wasn't really asking for him. He was doing the opposite, but reverse psychology is a new concept to the Chandra, So, And then we finally uh, – finally, after so long in this book, we reach Fadrek City. That was, that was sarcasm. It hasn't been that long. <laughs> I am Data, and with me is – Jamie. Dak. And Joe. So hold on to something, everybody. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. of steel and stone crumble to dust the foundations of our hope begin to rust choking fear screaming sound as a reaper comes to ground you turn to face it down because you must and when the world is So, a lot of short middle chapters here, and then a couple of uh, bookend chapters with some more meat to them, which I think, are, I guess, are both, like, Ellen and Vin-centric. So, what did you guys think of these five chapters? I really like getting just the little bits of what everyone's up to at once. I think that's really cool. I think that, yeah, so you do, I feel like in the last book, we had a lot of, this is what's going on in Lucidel, mm-hmm. mostly everyone was there, but you sort of didn't know what everyone else was up to, and I finding it really refreshing that there is so many different things going on and we're interested in all of them. And there's no storyline at this point that I'm like, oh, I don't want to read about this anymore. <laughs> so I actually really enjoyed reading this this week, even though there wasn't anything like huge that happened. Yeah. Um, it was still really good to read. I did feel a little bit like Spook's chapter was a bit of a, okay, this is where we start to feel sorry for Spook. <laughs> um, <laughs> but kind of, Nice to get a little bit of his history. We don't really know a lot about his story, but I feel like it's kind of setting him up to be a bigger character in the story than he has been. Kind of glad that Tensoon got his way, which was nice. And, yeah, I'm really interested in the the, the stats and the 16% thing where that goes. So, yeah, I found it really enjoyable. Lots of little bits that I was like, ooh, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, the numbers. I didn't even talk about that earlier. That's a, a whole weird thing happening there. But mm. I agree. It's kind of cool that we got so many different things. And maybe everyone's favorite story may still be, you know, like 10 soon. But that doesn't mean that the other parts are uh, boring or anything. So that's nice. Yeah. Like there's a lot of setup in these chapters. It's just like, all right, we're building stuff here. You know, we're building up what Says is up to. We're building up uh, 10 soon's thing. Wasn't a lot of payoff this time, but I guess you need the setup ones. I honestly really loved the epigraphs this week. They were really meaty and just like a lot mm. to like, oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, especially with talking about, oh, yeah, Ruin is behind the whole 11th metal thing that Kelsia found. Like, oh, yeah, that makes sense, I guess. So, <laughs> yeah. Little, like, just little little tidbits here and there that are just, like, it's fun to sink your teeth into. 
the epigraphs this whole book so far have been really informative. Yeah. And somewhat relevant to what you're reading at the time. Yeah. It's not like it's information that you sort of put in the vault for later. It's they're, they're words that we're hearing in these chapters. We're going to find out that they're all fake. <laughs> <laughs> Look, maybe they are, but I think it's it's nice that it's something to sort of marry up straight away. You're getting it, that little bit of information that is at relevant least, at the time. At least this one isn't just banging on about his perfect memory for half the book. <laughs> <laughs> or that he's running out of space. <laughs> or the, yeah, how awesome Alindy was. Yep. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. One. Okay. Yeah, these chapters were good. And I, I kind of agree with Dak. I feel like you got a lot of setup here, not a lot of payoff, but again, you got to have that kind of stuff. And I, I really do like the epigraphs in uh, in this book. I just feel like it's information dump, and it's so delicious. And you know, we're finally yeah. getting getting answers for stuff, so that's really cool. And then it just gives us insights into different things that we might not have thought about. It's almost like like I feel like this one more than any other book in this series are like Brandon's annotations. Like he's giving us information that I feel like, and, and he's doing it in a good way. He's not just like spitting out this information and be like, hey, here are the answer to your questions. He's doing it kind of in a good in-story way, but it feels a lot like his annotations where he's kind of explaining behind-the-scenes stuff with the world and the book that we may not get otherwise. So I, I, I really enjoy reading the epigraphs. Like I said, I've been taking notes on this book, and I actually write them down verbatim, the epigraph parts. I summarize the chapters, but I write down the epigraphs verbatim because I don't want to be tricked again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not going to be again. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So, uh, so yeah, I really, I'm, I'm actually really enjoying it. Would have liked a little more story progression in these chapters, but that's okay. You know, we're, we can't get that every week. I mean, they made it like halfway across the Final Empire to Fadrick City. So yeah. That's something. Right. But, you know, yeah. we just know Vin's going to go spy. We don't know what's going on. And um, I, look, I'll say this. Yeah. Is it sad that Spook's dad was going to kill him? Sure. Does that make <laughs> up for all the stupid stuff he does? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also, that chapter, like, and the way Club showed up to take him away from the abusive parents, I'm just like, ah, oh, we've reached the X-Men portion of the book. Yeah. No, I guess clubs. Yeah. Good old clubs. Good guy clubs. Yep. Uh, yeah, I okay. pictured Patrick Stewart as clubs, but now I probably can. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he's still Mad Eye Moody in my brain ever since we yeah, started yeah. this this podcast. Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess let's get into these. The first, the first epigraph really is not the most informative one of the group, but it's just like you know, it's not surprised that Ellen became so powerful. The early Al answers were way stronger. Didn't even need Duraluma to take control of the Conjure or Coloss once upon a time. Even soothers and rioters could just be like, hey, I'm going to control that. So yeah, it's, it's no wonder that the Conjure uh, didn't like uh, hanging out with the humans. But specifically the soothers and the rioters. Like, cl- even clubs hated soothers and rioters. <laughs> True. <laughs> and, clubs, you know, secret Conjure. We, and, 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 we, and we all hate Orion, so it's like, it's, <laughs> it's not because they control, it's just because they're fucking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> And then I'm actually going to start off because we talked about uh, I, I I mentioned I'm like I think the first sentence of the next chapter tells us what happens to Demu and it sure does it's like Demu survived and in the annotations he's like yeah Demu lives he would have died except for a promise I made Demu was named for my roommate or former roommate Micah Demu and I always thought his name was cool and wanted to use it but he said I could only use it if I promised him two things that his character had to get a girl eventually and that his character had to survive to the end. So Damu couldn't 
die here. He's protected by a magic oh, shield known as the author's <laughs> promise to his pal. Uh, wow, yeah, okay. it, that, that, that was kind of spoilery, but I just I like <laughs> I, I like the line so much about like the magic shield known as the author's promise that I was like, OK, I got to touch on this. <laughs> Today moves the hero of ages. There we go. Yep. You figured he it out up with well, Orion. Yeah, the, the only girls <laughs> at the moment are Vin, Vin and Orianne, So like, go ahead and flip that coin. Hey, there's um, is it Beldry? Beldry, yeah. So oh right, right. Maybe he gets her. You never know. <laughs> we we might meet lots sad. of girls yeah. in Patrick City. Yeah. Sp- Spook would be sad for like five minutes, and then he'd find another girl. It's fine. <laughs> uh, okay, so Demu was part of the group that got sick and did not die, and they're carrying everybody on canal boats and things down the down the canal to towards Fadrex City for the siege. And Vin's sitting here and she's thinking, like, oh, all this stuff. Like, how am I supposed to do anything about all this crazy shit? Yeah. Deep thoughts, Vin. Deep thoughts. And thoughts about the deepness. So deepness thoughts. That should be um that should be like a segment on like a hypnotism show where they make you relax. It's like deepness thoughts. <laughs> And I, I like she still thinks of herself as the hero of ages. She's like, man, me and Lendy's stories are so similar. It's like I, I let this thing out. So, but the thing she was let behind, it out all right. The thing was behind the prophecies in the first place. So, it, you know, the question at that point is like, is there even really a hero of ages? We know the epigraph writer at the very beginning was like, I'm the hero of ages. So I guess that makes us think that yes, there really is one. But from her perspective, I feel like I'd be like. It's just all made up, right? Makes you question, or it makes, I guess, these characters question everything they actually know or think they know about their world because it's so easy for everything to have been manipulated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so all this time they've gone, yep, this must be true. It's factual. The terrorist people have recorded it. And it's like, actually, no, this <laughs> ruin managed to get a hand on everything and has played us like a fiddle. Yeah. And we get to that, we'll get there later, but that other epigraph is, it's like, even our greatest victory was uh, ruin manipulating everything. So it's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. But she has one thought where she's like, hey, but ruin's not omnipotent. It wouldn't have had to trick me if it was. So I guess that's good. I mean, something put ruin in the well in the first place. So clearly there must be something that can, you know, stand up to him. Construction. What? <laughs> no, never mind. You just got to build a well <laughs> around him and it's all good. <laughs> Say, was, 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 say was, 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 was the opposite of ruining something? Building it back up. Construction workers. Oh, I see where you're going. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. I had to explain it. That's how you know it's not funny. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, Dak. I've done quite a few of those. <laughs> Vin's trying to figure out how to do any of this stuff, and she's like, it's a puzzle. There's always another secret. We haven't said that in a while, but... There it is. True, actually. When, when was the last time we saw that? Was that even in the Was that even in the second book? Might not have been. I don't recall. We said it a bunch during the podcast in the second book, but I did don't we? Know that it was in I the remember book. we said it a bunch in the first book. I don't. I didn't remember if by the second book we'd we'd gotten away from it. Yeah, I thought we might have just let it go in the second book. No. Whatever. Hey, everyone who listened to all those episodes, if you remember, you can let us know. <laughs> <laughs> right in and tell us how many times we used that phrase. <laughs> Take a shot every time we say that phrase. Oh, wow. That'd be uh, like a 40-hour drinking game. And it's only going to get longer. (laughs) (laughs) It's your weekend. Yeah, okay. Uh, 
she's like, I'm going to start out. I'm going I'm to plan and I'm going to do it like Kelsier planned because Kelsier, he's the best at everything. Right. So we're going to lay out. What do we know? And she doesn't know all that much. It's like ruins a real thing. It can change the world even when it was trapped and now it's free. And Vin assumed it was behind the violent mists killing and the falling ash. But she doesn't actually know that stuff even. And then we had a conversation with Ellen about the first rule of Alamancy, consequences, which also the first lesson Kelsier taught her. So I guess we're, we see her. I guess that's the only Alamancy teacher she's ever known. So she just probably does what Kelsier did. <laughs> There's an interesting a little note in the annotations here about Ellen's white uniform. And he says he gets questions a lot about, like, how is it possible to keep clothing white in this, you know, in the final empire with the ash falling all the time? And basically, he says, if you saw Ellen's uniform, you probably would not call it white. You would probably call it like a light gray. But compared to the world around it, it is extremely white and everything, you know, everything's relative. So, I mean, does does the ash have any metallic properties? He could like now that he's a mistborn, he could just be pushing it away all the time. Oh, that's true. I think there is some iron in the ash, actually. Yeah. Mm. You think they could use that to push the ash away instead of sweeping yeah. it up a little bit? Maybe there's not enough. I don't know. Yeah. It's, I guess it's really only coin shots that could do that, or lurches. Or Mistborn, like Ellen. So. Or, or, or Mistborn. It's like they don't really... They, I mean, they definitely don't have a lot of Mistborn in their army. No, no, not so much. I don't know that they have any... Like, the whole last book... We didn't see it, like any other Alamancers who were working for Ellen except for the crew. So he may not have any more. Hmm. He's got Vin, and Vin's awesome. But uh, you know, and Ham and yeah. Breeze and such. But yeah, they've got like four people. Yeah, yeah, and Sham and Japeth. <laughs> for some reason, I thought you said Shan, like Shan Lariel, and I was like, yeah, no. Shan's back. No, she got stabbed. No, to... no, wow. she survived. <laughs> yeah. Uh, zombie Mistborn. Zombie <laughs> Mistborn. Isn't that just an Inquisitor? And right, that's I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, they just shoved some spikes in her and she came back or something. That'd be creepy. <laughs> Imagine that. We get to like the end of the book and Vin's facing off against an Inquisitor and she's like, oh my gosh, it's Shan. Didn't expect like, that. Like, she's like, she got the whole Lady Deathstrike claws coming out of her fingertips. It's like, like my new manicures. That could be fun. Now I'm, I'm pulling for this. Today. I don't know that we've seen any <laughs> girl Inquisitors. <laughs> Look out the window. Oh, there's a tumbleweed rolling by. <laughs> Sorry, I was stuck on the fact that you said manicures. like cool, and I was <laughs> Yeah, all of them. They're, they're so big, <laughs> she needs separate manicure for each nail. Well, it's, it's like that. those would be her Inquisitor spikes. No, oh. Okay, I've really got to shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, honey. That's okay. But uh, we have Ellen Disconcerned. Because he's starting to kind of relate to the Lord Ruler. He's like, no, I get why he did some of the stuff that he did. And Vin's trying to, you know, soothe him some. And not not Alamancy soothe him, just normal. And be like, hey, look, it's not, you're, you're not like the Lord Ruler. And then we have an interesting discussion about snapping. And I don't think that we knew this, but apparently noble children, just at some point, their families took him out and beat the shit out of them. Until they were almost dead, and sometimes they did die yeah, in order to get Alamancy if, uh, if if it was in there. That never happened to you? <laughs> no. Which is actually awful, but completely makes sense. Like, for these houses, yep. they want to have Mistborn, they want to have Alamancers. If they have a, a perfect cushioned life and never face any trauma, then 
their abilities don't come out. And I think I'm sort of amazed that we never really thought about it before. It's like, oh, wow, all of these people must have been through something really traumatic, which they must have. But to think that it's caused by their own families to see if they actually have the abilities is just terrible. Yeah. I mean, it's such a weird thing to think that, you know, these important nobles sitting around in their like rich people outfits. And then just one day it's like, OK, drag him out back and beat him. But also it's like with. All right. When how do they tell when it's succeeded? They, do they have them down a, a vial of metal and just see if like the, a reaction comes out of the kid after, while they're beating the shit out of him? Or I guess, yeah, it's I don't know. Maybe there's like a professional uh, squad of beaters that you hire out and they come to your house and they're like, oh, we know just how to beat them enough till they're <laughs> almost dead, but not quite. We're experts or, at this. Or is, or is like Seekers, beaters, Harry Potter. I mean, well, come on. <laughs> Uh, and I guess, I guess, yeah. Do they just have someone burning bronze just sitting in the corner, just going, "Oh, I felt something." Mm, maybe. Yeah. Professional beater. That was my nickname in high school. Oh my gosh. Were you at the dormant for a nightclub? No, he. No, he's no, talking about. He, I'm talking yeah. about masturbation, bro. That's that's where he was going. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> just, just. You are a fire today, Tom. Skating past. Oh. And uh, we, we find out that Ellen stopped the beatings, and Vince like, you know, you're you're a good guy, you stopped them. And he was like, and I was wrong. We need Alamancers. Like, what if we could have gotten more Alamancers by beating some kids? It could have saved everyone. What if I? I mean, what if I could have beat some kids? It's like Schindler's List at the end. He's like, this ring, it could have got one more. He's like, one beating, it could have got one more. Yep. Ellen and, and Schindler, right there on the same page. I knew I should have just like gone and punched a child in the face. <laughs> what's happening right now maybe you could just like scare the crap out of them instead of beating them you know maybe 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 there's a different way well we know that marsh and kelsier both had like emotional horribly things horrible things happen where like marsh says he snapped after he saw his mother killed by the in by the obligators and kelsier snapped after seeing his uh wife beaten to death so you could just emotionally scar the kids and like pretend you're murdering their parents or something. I don't know. I mean, maybe I, I like the scaring the crap out of them idea. Just like, oh, let's do it Monsters Incorporated style. What monsters do we have? Uh, Inquisitors, hide in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> Are they afraid of socks too? <laughs> have maybe. you ever seen an Inquisitor wearing socks? I mean, come on. <laughs> this could be the key to solving their Inquisitor issues. Socks. Yeah, serious, yeah, guys. Put socks over their spikes. <laughs> I'm not scared anymore. <laughs> Ruin hates well, the fill of woolen socks. Well, maybe they get the socks and they look at Ruin and just go, you know, we are free now. It's like the house elves. I'm a free inquisitor. <laughs> now I should go kill to my heart's content. Like, Ruin oh, would be oh, guys, we made, we made it worse. <laughs> yeah, th- maybe this was a bad idea after all. <laughs> But wow, Ellen's conclusion is he's like, I can hold the throne only because I know at one point I was willing to give it up in the name of what was right. If I lose that, Vin, I need you to tell me. And by tell me, I mean, kill me with the mist. <laughs> uh, it feels very like, uh, I don't know, you guys ever read any of the Avatar The Last Airbender comics? No, I haven't heard they went great. Oh, they're, they're, they're decent. But uh, in I mean, maybe the very first comic set, it's called The Promise. And Zuko makes Aang promise if he ever ends up being like his dad, 
that Aang will kill him. And then, of course, almost immediately, uh, they get into a thing where he's like, oh, no, I might have to kill Zuko now. But that's what it reminds me. Yeah, I can see that. And then Norden shows up. We were just talking about Norden. Good guy Norden. The smiling obligator. <laughs> that's like his his uh, stage name, the smiling obligator. He does like a tap dance. <laughs> Which is Vin is thinking. She's like, man, I thought a happy. I used to think a happy obligator was a bad sign. And there's actually, if you go back to the first book we read, there's a line where Vin's like, a happy obligator is a bad sign or something like that. Yeah. It's just a callback. And this is where we find the very strange number thing that comes up. We find out that of the people who had not been exposed to the mists before and counting the people who died. Exactly 16% of people fell victim to mist sickness, as they're calling it. And not just this time, but every recorded time, it's exactly 16%, as long as there's a multiple of 25 or whatever it is that's required to be able to get that exact percentage. Yeah, which is crazy. But I also wanted to back up for a second, because I totally, if we talked about it, I, I totally missed it. But when Ven is kind of reading through the diary and she's thinking through some things about about how like Ruin has to have rules, basically, and and like yeah. he has to abide by certain things. I feel like that kind of supported my Ruin preservation yin yang thing. Like for every co- action, there's a consequence. It's like they have mm. to push and pull against each other. So it I thought between them. Right, exactly. There's got to be a balance between them in order for them to both operate. So I was just kind of thinking about that when when she was reading through that and talking about consequences and what Kelsier taught her and all that stuff. But then, yeah, this <clears throat> made me think the same thing, which is why I brought it up. It's like if it's if it's the specific number, it's got to it's following some rule. Like there's there's something behind how the mist works that has to be following some kind of guide, some kind of. You know, because it's for it to be exactly 16% every time, that's obviously not a coincidence. So there's got to be something behind why it's limited in that way mm-hmm. or why it maybe not maybe uh, the word is not limited. Maybe why it's that effective, whichever way you want to think about it. Yeah, I guess either way is kind of the same, just from different directions. It does seem like there has to be a reason here. And that and it's it's almost like it's bearing out. And that's what Vin thinks at the end of the chapter. She's like. Ellen's like, I don't understand what this could possibly mean. And Vin is like, it means that there are laws. There's something governing this. We just don't understand it. You know, if they send out 100 people, it if it's always going to be 16%, it doesn't matter which 100 people they send. Like, it's not it's not picking mm-hmm. on the weakest and it's not picking on the elderly. And it, it's just a it's, a it's a numbers thing, which is the scary part. Because it's like mm-hmm. you could send 100 of your best warriors out and you know that 16 of them will go. Or, or fall ill. Yeah. Um, but then you could send a hundred of a completely mix of people and you could still lose the same number of warriors. Yeah. Well, that was the weird thing. Cause don't they say that it actually does skew towards the elderly. So like if, if there are a certain amount of elderly in that percentage, it is more likely that those elderly people will be in the 16%. No. Was well, it more they... likely that they would die yeah. of, of the 16%, the people that would die? Would no, be, no that, like, like could it be it, it was it was definitely that like it's still a random it's still like 16 percent mm-hmm. exactly get miss sickness but 
of the people who get miss sickness, the more elderly are more likely to be dead. Oh, to be the dead from, ones. And yeah. that didn't that didn't have anything to do with the sixteen percent. It's sixty percent get sick. It's yeah. not yeah. it's not there's not a specific percentage of those sixteen percent that die. Not that we know yeah. of anyway, no. Right. And he's like, We were paying so much attention to how many died, we didn't notice how unnatural the percentages of people sick were. Because yeah, I guess the people who get sick and then better is not your biggest concern. So that wasn't the number they were paying the most attention to. Mm. Mm. Well, and to Joe's point that he was making, which we didn't talk about when we were there, but it's like, we know that from what Tensoon says, that there's a ruin and there's a preservation. And he even says that to Vin once. He's like, we're a preservation and you're ruined. But I don't know that she's internalized that because she's like, ruin is out there. We've got to in some way try to stop this. And you'd think if she knew there was another force, another big capital letter force out there that maybe could be on their side and fight against Ruin, that she would be interested yeah. in that. But I think I, even at the time when that happened, I was like, she just kind of skips right over that. She didn't pay attention to what he says. So obviously, I don't yeah. know that it sunk in almost at all. Yeah. She had other things on her mind. It's a shame Tensoon is not here to yeah. explain these things. Yeah, she had other things on her mind. You know, she had two boys that wanted her, and she couldn't pick between them, even though one was clearly a terrible choice. Oh, goodness. Oh, Zane. What a guy. We we love him so much. That's not true. That was a lie. Uh, you said that with a straight face. Right. The uh, Our next epigraph is about the beads of metal, uh, lorassium, if you will recall. I, I mentioned it was called, that made men into mistborns. And it talks about how the original nine Alamancers, there's some fun information, there were nine of them originally, all had this sort of Alamantic strength that a thousand years later, everyone's like, oh my gosh, the Lord Ruler's like the most powerful Alamancer, he's so more, much more powerful than us. But they all started out that powerful, he's just the only one who managed to live this long. And of course now Elend is, uh, gets that same level of power. The tenth Alamancer. The ten. That, that does seem dramatic. Hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, it was a whole like yeah. the whole thing about the tenth metal. Yeah, one Alamancer to rule them all. <laughs> I was just having the same sort of thought. <laughs> yeah. Oh, as soon as I said the nine Alamancers, I'm just like the nine. The nine. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple ways you could go with that: the nine men, uh, the ring race, or you could say Knights of the Nine from uh, Oblivion. If you're a, an Elder Scrolls fan. Mm, I'm not. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Are there well, only not, are there only nine of them at any given time? I uh, it's been a long time since I played Oblivion. I actually don't remember. <laughs> okay, waiting for that remaster. Uh, okay. Yeah, that and Morrowind. If they did a remaster of both those, that'd be pretty sweet. Well, they did Morrowind. Did they? Oh, I, 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 I just I remember the the original one being terrible. Now they did a. You might be thinking of the Morrowind expansion they did to Elder Scrolls Online. Oh, maybe. Because that's the last Morrowind thing I saw that came out. Uh, let's see. Elder Scrolls Online, you know, not to alienate any fan, any listeners. If you do like it, I don't think it's very good. Uh, uh, uh. Bethesda doesn't want a Morrowind remaster, prefers to play it through backwards compatibility. It's almost unplayable at this point. Morrowind remaster Skywind receives a new gameplay demo. So there is a remaster called Skywind. I don't know if that's an official one or if it's like a fan one. Yeah, that sounds like a like a fan-based like, modded one. Sounds like one. it'll be a fan-made. 
Yeah. Well, because now the thing is with Skyrim. Sorry, we're getting off on a tangent here. The thing with Skyrim is, is like there are so many people that have modded the game, and now they've put mods in the console versions as well that you can just get a graphics booster mod from the console mod list and just play it at a much prettier, prettier uh, resolution. Even when they did commercials for the game to show you what the remastered version of Skyrim looked like, they actually had a mod on. It said so, like, at the bottom of the commercial. <laughs> it's like, this uh, is using, you know, some graphics mod. Hmm. Okay, that is that is funny. All right, now I gotta look at That's commercials. your Elder Scrolls portion of the Sandra Lynch podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, Say's just still in the pits of Hathsin, and he's hanging out with the Terrace Elders, sitting around... And last time we were like, is he king or something? It seems like they kind of want him to be, and he doesn't particularly want to be. Yeah, who boy, this is depressing. Yep. But you know what they say, it's like the greatest leaders in history were ones that were thrust into leadership and didn't want it, you know? And says, apparently last time he was here, he gave them some instructions, keep your uh, records in metal. I don't know why why Ruin would want to go around changing, like, the terrorismen's records on how much of whatever they have. Right. How many beans they have. It's like, yeah. we grew a hundred beans, a hundred thousand beans this year. It's like, uh, you grew 110,000. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, he's also ordered them to make a bunch of extra latrines. They don't need. And says, it's like, Hey, I want you to be able to take care of a bunch of refugees. If they suddenly show up. Anyone who's ever been to a music festival or a sporting match or anything like that will know. You can never have too many toilets. <laughs> uh, well, except for us when we're, it's like every, the water stopped going. And so people are like, you get snow and use it in your toilets to turn into new water so you can flush your toilets. That was yeah. a whole. Uh, that what? was fun when I had to, I had to boil snow to get it to be water so that I could flush my toilet because we didn't have water. Yep. Oh my God. Fun times. Yep. Super fun. Uh, <laughs> if you guys are not aware, we're recording this right after the winter storm in Texas that was uh, not great. Yeah, lots of stuff happened. We, we won't. We won't. Uh... Well, we won't get into the to the meat of it, but uh, let's just say I'm glad that it's over. Yes, we're finally above freezing. Snow's going away. We can drive again. It's all good. You can flush your toilet without snow. Yep. Assuming that when everything melts, like you don't have a burst pipe because something froze. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> oh, good times. Anyway, so says is like, hey, look, I'm, I'm not trying to give you commands. I'm not saying I have any authority here. I'm just making suggestions. And they're like, please stay and be our king. Can you, can you please? He's like, no, I got to. Please I gotta, make commands. <laughs> I got to bounce, y'all. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> He's like every guy after a one night stand he's just like i gotta go <laughs> i got a thing i gotta be at uh, appreciate the breakfast but i'm out <laughs> he's walking i'm just like man you're all stage five clingers <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's they're like hey look we don't need food we don't need land we've got plenty of everything what we need is a leader and so he's just like no no we don't need like another tyrant king type of thing going on we had that for too long and they're like no no not a tyrant one of our own and he's like the lord ruler was one of our own and they're all like oh right sad whoops no one wants to remember that and somebody notices that he's not wearing his copper mines and calls him out it's like during the lord ruler's time you like always worked so hard to like wear these things in secret and do all this dangerous stuff and now that you can do whatever you want you pack them away he's like look guys i'm complex okay (laughs) i'm i'm a complex man i don't know what to tell you 
I got some shit to sort out. He's and I, I like he's like, look, the sin the synod cast me out. The last time I left Tathwingdon, which was the terrorist capital, if you recall, I did so in disgrace. The common people cursed me in the quiet of their homes. He's like, well, now they bless you, Master Sazed. Yeah, which, he's like, that was then, and this is now. Be our leader already. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, we've apologized. Yeah, right? I, I, I feel like we're really glossing over something there. Where he's like, yeah, all you people cursed me. And they're like, well, but now everybody else is dead. So you got to do you got to do yeah. us a solid. Yeah, the terrorists are really hot and cold here. They're like, but now we love you. Yeah. Our, our new title for you is Master Better Than Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, dude, you got a bright nose. You can lead us through the fog. Come on. <laughs> totally off. Yeah, no, you're not right. <laughs> and they're like, but you're all we have left. And he's like, then we are a sorrier people than we may appear. Which that was sad. Yeah. They're not even like, you're our silver medal. They're like, you're our like, ninth place, but you're what we've got. <laughs> Dak's default chant from the last episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're spaced. But we do find out one fun fact here, that the, the mists apparently are not hurting the terrorist people. They're like, oh, what? The mists don't hurt people. That's foolish ska tales. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. And uh, so then they're like, hey, please stay. And he's like, I'm sorry. The, this is how it's got to be. And he's going to he's going to take off. He's got he's got important ambassador business to be about. OK, it's not you. It's me. <laughs> And then we get the bit about uh, the 11th medal. And it's like, Kelsey, you found these myths about the 11th medal out there somewhere. And nobody knew where, but nobody knew what he was doing after he escaped the pits of Hathson. And we know he was hanging out with Gemmel. Yeah, in that short story, he found like the little journal thing in that guy's house, didn't he? Yep, he sure did. Meanwhile, that guy is just like, I never kept a diary. What the fuck is this? Because it was all ruin. Yeah. yeah. Gemmel led him there for something very important, and if you'll recall, what happened was Gemmel pulled out, like, he's like, this is a fork, or a spoon. Yeah, he's like, this is the best fork. I think it was a spoon. He's like, this is the best spoon I've ever seen. It's like God's spoon. This is mine. (laughs) (laughs) But there's also, and I don't know uh, how much you guys remember about the 11th medal, but there were some strange things going on with Gemmel. He was insane. But uh, there's one scene where Gemmel's like, it says, no, Gemmel muttered, no, I like him. He almost never complains. The other three complained all the time. Ooh. Oh, ruin. fuck. So, or could it be the other force preservation? Nah, I doubt it. It's probably ruined. Do we know if so, Gemmel had a spike through him at some point? I mean, yes, you know, there, there, there's the question. We, we thought Gemmel was just some crazy dude, but maybe there was some more going on there. We also yeah. thought Zane was some crazy dude, but... well. Well, in fairness, even Zane thought Zane was some crazy dude. No, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Camel might have thought he was crazy, too, but who knows? There's there's a, a thing from some signing or something where somebody asked Brandon, hey, did Zane ever meet Gemmel? And Brandon's like, yes. I'm not saying that anything, you know, important or interesting happened, but they did meet. And it's just like the most random little, like, here's a fun fact. Yeah. Gemmel tried to pick Zane's pocket. Zane tried to smash Gemmel's face. It was the start of a little buddy cop adventure. <laughs> They became best friends forever. Yeah, two unlikely pair, uh, an unlikely pair in a sitcom. We already got two shows based on this. <laughs> That's we true. Got the Venture Brothers. No, we and... got the crossover. It's a crossover show. It'll, it'll be like um, you've got the the Venture Brothers show with Ellen and Zane, and then one day Gemmel walks in. It's like the guest star from the previous series. Yeah. Mm. It's like 
It's like for, when um, uh, on on Smallville when because one one of one of the Dukes of Hazard was Clark Kent's dad, and then like on one episode the other Duke of Hazard showed up. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, actually. You uh, are you caught up with Wandavision, Deck? Yes. All right, sure spoiler, not not today's episode, but spoiler alert, you can cut this out, Data, if you want. It's like, you know, it's like when uh, Pietro shows up and it's like the wrong Pietro. You're just like, well, what? Well, wait was, a minute, man. Yeah, that was that was crazy. I wish yeah. I hadn't had it spoiled for me before it came on. Oh, somebody spoiled it? What a, what a jerk. Oh, man. Well, because I mean, something, something had leaked. Internet, yeah, but... it was all over the internet, and I ended up, like, running across a picture of it or something, and I was just like, oh. Oh, that's I, 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 I did see a picture of it's like rumors that he will be in WandaVision. I just went, no, <laughs> they've already got a Quicksilver. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong. Well, and then I watched today's episode. And it's just a whole, a whole nother level. Well, of I haven't going. seen it yet. Okay. Yeah, we, we won't. We won't do anything. Wait a minute, man. Anyway, so we got Spook flashback where he's out on the edge of uh, the final empire in yeah, whatever town. What a flashback. <laughs> That's, it's, it says he's basically just like drifting in and out of consciousness, consciousness, and having this and having this hallucination. Yeah, right. Which you know, like I said, yes, sad story. But you know, at least he didn't get his throat cut after begging for money in front of a noble's house like some ska. You're not wrong. Yeah. Also, like this is him flashing back. He's he's in a traumatic position as it is because he's passing out, and he's flashing back to another traumatic situation. So it's, yep. it could be his mind is making this look a lot worse than it actually was. Hmm. It's possible. Every, I mean, as a kid, this would look really bad to you. So. Oh yeah. It, uh... <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound like a nice experience anyway. No. No. Usually, when your dad is standing on your throat, it's not really. Uh, no. A positive day. Uh, there's that's okay. How, that's how they protect us from crocodiles down here. Don't do any of that. <laughs> By standing on our throats. <laughs> yeah. Stops. Stops you from running around. Jamie's uh, put like uh, put that out of her mind. She she doesn't remember the the standing on the yeah. She repressed the uh, <laughs> yeah exactly. She's like stay away from that croc, Jamie. Hold on, let me stand <laughs> on your neck. It's like wait what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean we do some weird shit down here, but that's probably not one of them. <laughs> Uh, there's actually okay. There's a very long annotation for this section, and I won't read all of it. But there's a few bits that are fun. The it starts out ah fever delusions are such a useful thing for authors. Every character should go through a few of them so that we have an opportunity to explore their backstory through a timely flashback. Eh, I don't and then he, then he continues by saying I, I actually like to avoid flashbacks when I can. They're usually more yeah. of a hassle than they are useful. But now and then they can add something. Yeah, this whole flashback thing is just rock a doodle, you know, like that. Uh, <laughs> it's like a fever dream. It made me like I I remember watching Rockadoodle when I was little and I had a fever and it made it like ten times worse. <laughs> I remember Rockadoodle. We had that on VHS and I watched it like a million times. Fun, fun. He says, though I rarely mention it, the borderlands of the Empire include a large population of rogue ska who are constantly causing trouble, despite what people in the rest of the Empire believe. And there are in fact some successful uprisings. Most notably, these clans who stuck to the desert wastes out on the edges of habitable land. And then he adds, as a side note to this side note, the planet this is take this takes place on is a is barren and virtually uninhabitable, save for the poles, a situation caused by close proximity to the sun. The final empire is at the North Pole. What's at the South Pole? Hmm, I wonder. Ah, interesting. Aliens. I did wonder if that was a question that would occur to you guys when I was like, oh, by the way, this yeah. uh, this takes place at the North Pole. 
because it's one of the only places cold, cool enough for uh, people to live. Yeah, but you know us. We're just blindly thumbing through the book like, what happens <laughs> next? I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, when you when you mentioned that, like, and we said, oh, what's the rest of the planet like? And you said it's like a boiling ocean. I was like, oh, so it's Waterworld on hard mode. <laughs> Kevin Costner's going to show up and be like, oh, not this guy again. Yeah, Kevin Costner just pops in every once in a while. It's all good. <laughs> oh, what was... Oh, Kevin Costner is um, the the informant from the first one. Was it Hoyd? Hoyd. That that would be funny if just <laughs> Kevin Costner shows up as a homeless guy or whatever, <laughs> like all ripped up. For one and, scene. For one scene, exactly. Uh, oh, he, he also mentions that Clubs pays a bunch of money in this bag of money he pays for Spook, which we'll get to in a second. But actually, he paid like 20 times that much in just traveling out here after he heard about what was happening in order to save Spook. So, uh, yeah. uh, you know, clubs is not a, not a, comp- a super poor guy. He's got money. Yeah. But scar forbidden to travel generally. So it's actually expensive to like go through these underground, not literally underground, but you know, underground ways of moving around the final empire. But wasn't he, because he was, um, quite talented. He was kind of elevated a little bit. I, I think so. But at this point it sounded, shop. I was about to say, at this point, it sounds like he may still be in the military. Yeah. Mm, true. Yeah. He might not have set the shop up yet. So it's what it what it's, it actually mentions this in the annotations. Also, he says at this point, clubs had been discharged. It, it talks about before this how he worked at, fought, fought in the Lord Ruler's army and got hurt or whatever. It says at this point he had been discharged, an event that left him without a means of supporting himself. However, during his time fighting, he snapped and became a smoker. So he found his way into the underground where he was paid very nicely for his abilities. Mm. So we wasn't with we, the burn. We know that ham has said that, you know, you can make a lot of money as a, uh, yeah. a, a misting. People in the need smokers. Around, so. Yeah. I was going to say the, the, the probably the most interesting thing about this portion of, of the flashback kind of points light at one of my theories where they said like spook went out in the mists and then he became a misting. Like they know he's a misting now. And they're mm-hmm. like, I, you know, we told him not to go out in the mists, and he went out in the mists, and now he's a monster. So what a, I mean, what about the mists snapped him? But that's maybe what my thinking is. Maybe the mist can actually snap people. Mm. Well, I mean, at the time that he says it here, it's it's more like an excuse to, right. be like, yeah, we should kill him, and here's just another reason that we can come up with. But maybe, right? But I mean, something. but they're afraid of the mist for a reason, right? the people they say that you not only and of course this is carried out through generations not only are they saying you're we're afraid of the mist because of whatever it killed crops and stuff but obviously it killed people back in the day or it messed them up and if they think that just because he's a misting now he's a mist wraith because mm-hmm. he's got this power like obviously that's something they've they've correlated that somehow in their minds so i don't know just a thought i had Everyone was scared in the first book that if you go out and mistreat, will eat you and steal your face. So right, because yeah. maybe they thought like when you came back and you had mist powers, maybe they thought you know that it wasn't you anymore. Yeah, that like it was a mist wraith that had a power that stole mm. your stole your body. Which now I, I'm just doing this right now in my brain. I'm connecting the dots even further. We know that each chondra is giving given a blessing of some kind which yep. i assume correlates to some kind of maybe mist power potency whatever maybe it's tied in with the chondra it's like oh well these people didn't have allomancy before and then they showed up and this chondra 
creature that is not really a person all of a sudden has this thing it can do and maybe they caught one that it wasn't human it was a you know a conjurer maybe that's how they're connecting it as well it's like oh if you've got this power you're clearly a creature not a person but mm, well i mean we know that according to Tensoon, at least from the last book that conjurer can't use allomancy exactly because mm-hmm. that was how they were going to figure out who the conjurer was right but they've got some kind of blessing whatever that <laughs> yeah, means it allows something. them to do something extra like yep. the blessing of presence it makes it sound like Tensun can go forever without sleeping or something. Yeah, I think we know presence and potency, and we know mm. maybe one more. I forget if there was another one. Yeah, I think they mentioned one other one, but I can't remember what it was. So there's something going on there. We just we haven't met and in, in, in interacted with enough conjurer to really understand. I think. Uh, all right, but these guys are getting into a discussion about what to do with Spook, and it's like, oh, we got to turn him in. And he's, he's like, wasing the wear of what? And the dude's like, oh, See, okay. why did you let him run around with the street gangs? Damn boy is barely coherent now. Which is, <laughs> I was like, yep, there you go. This guy, this guy agrees with everything we've been saying. I would just, I just want to throw out there, like going back to what we were saying about, oh, how did he snap out in the mist? I just kind of assumed he picked a fight with a um, immature mist wraith, kind of like fighting a raccoon. <laughs> I was like trying to steal his meal. Oh yeah. Are you sure it wasn't like a possum? <laughs> oh no, another fucking possum again. Yeah, exactly. Mr. Eighth with some possum bones. Yeah. He's like, Daddy, I'm going to go out there and pick a fight with a Mr. Eighth. He's like, Son, you better not. <laughs> you, don't, you don't do that. <laughs> Wasn't with the fight with the possum on the roof. <laughs> He's like, Talk English, dang it. <laughs> or French or whatever we speak. <laughs> <laughs> One of the other guys is like, wait a second, if we turn him in, I've seen what happens. They'll come searching for more. And somebody else is like, yeah, problems like his run in families, they do. It's like, okay, yep, we're going to have to kill him. And the large man is what he's called repeatedly. But we find out in a bit that he's Spook's dad. It's like, I guess I'll just step on his neck even harder. And Spook's like, father, you're not my son. My son went out in the mist and never came back. You must be a mist wraith. As an excuse so that I, won't, I don't feel as bad about crushing your windpipe. You some sort of monster. <laughs> and then there's a bag of coins. And dude's like, the coins in exchange for the boy. Now, not now. I was going to say, is that how Clubs talks now? Clubs is sling blade <laughs> for some reason now, yeah. Yeah, give me the boy. <laughs> and I like Spook's dad's like, hey, where'd you get that much money? And Clubs is like, none of your business is where. And Spook's father's gonna apparently gonna like his clubs is like if you don't give him to me I'll just tell the obligators anyway unless you want to try to kill me and Spook's father it looks like maybe he's gonna take that on which is stupid because uh, clubs is you know a soldier but whatever and Spook's mom's like no no he'll kill you sit your five dollar ass down before I make change. <laughs> <laughs> What's that from? Sounds like Venture Brothers. I don't know. It was some black exploitation movie from the eighties, oh, no. I think. Oh no! Why do you keep the shit tickets in this town? Uh, sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 reading. Not actually. I want to hold on. What do you read? Your five dollar. I'm, I'm searching for. Oh, this. you're trying to find that. I want to. I want to know. Here we go. This is New Jack City. New Jack. City. Oh, that's Wesley Snipes. What's it? Apparently, yep. he's the one who gives that, that line. Movie, aside from that one line. Yeah. Well, it's like Demolition Man. It's you know, it's not good, but it's funny. 
Dude, Demolition Man's awesome. Hilarious movie. <laughs> that was Go. like Sandra Bullock's breakout role, right? Was it? I don't know. I so, yeah. If you say so, I will believe you. <laughs> She's pretty good in that. Not not as good. Not as good as uh, you know. Sly or West, Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. Well, yeah. Sylvester Stallone's always playing Sylvester Stallone. He, he's he's one of those guys. So yeah. I'm not ever that impressed. But right. uh, Wesley Snipes is pretty good. Anyway, um, <laughs> enough of that. <laughs> that Wesley Snipes sidetrack that we took for five dollar ass news. Yeah. Uh, is he? Uh, uh, he pay his taxes? Is he done with his arrest? I, I don't know. I guess he didn't make change. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I think Stop. he was kind of insane towards the end anyway. Like, there's the stories about uh, on the set of Blade 3 where he's oh, like... Oh, God, yeah. He only communicated in post-it notes. With the director. Oh, wow. Yeah, he like yeah. He, he wow. would only communicate in po- And everyone had to call him Blade. Blade. Uh, it's it's a whole... Imagine that's method acting. Stuff. Imagine pulling that kind of stuff in your own workplace. Like, at the end of the day, this is their job. Yeah. Could you imagine if you just went to work and was like, I'm only communicating with my boss through post-it notes now. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. I would be fired. Uh, okay, so he's in a, he's in Coming to America, the the second one that's coming out as oh, the yeah, that's uh, right. as the bad guy. So I guess he must be out. Also, did he did he realize they were making a movie, or did they just follow him around with a camera? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had no idea about this, but as I was looking through his credits to see if he'd done anything recently, he is on Blade and Blade 2 as the choreographer. So uh, <laughs> there's that. Like, I yeah. uh, guess, like, the fighting choreographer? Like, he was a stuntman, maybe? And, you know, he I don't know. That stuff? I bet you that's what no, it is. No, you know, know, you know that nightclub scene at the, at, the start of the, at the start of the first yeah, Blade? Yeah, he choreographed the rave. <laughs> <laughs> the blood rave. Also, he's in a Michael Jackson music video directed by Martin Scorsese. Sure. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, yeah. The the music video for Bad. It says he plays Mini Max, and the, it was directed by Martin yeah. Scorsese. I mean, why not? Yeah. I mean, Michael Jackson did the music for Sonic 2, uncredited. Yeah, Michael Jackson was just into weird stuff. Yeah, that's true. Like, <laughs> in Wesley terms Snipes of, isn't? Like, in, in terms of, like, mm. filmmaking and whatnot. Like, he like he lobbied to play both Spider-Man and Professor X. He I did. Mean, <laughs> I read about that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh man, Michael Jackson's Professor X, what would have happened? Oh, apparently mm-hmm. he, he got out in 2013 from his tax uh oh, Okay, so it's been a long time since he's yeah, done. He's good. He's all good now. Uncle Sam is like, "Okay, you paid it up." Oh, apparently he, his apartment was completely destroyed by the collapse of the World Trade Center towers. Wow, he was that's in, awful. on the West Coast at the time. So That that yeah. really sucks. Okay, sorry. Random Wesley Snipes facts. I don't know yeah, we're, we're going, going. Lot, uh, yeah, we're going down a lot of tangents this week, but you know, uh, <laughs> it's all news not, that you need to know. Not all of them may make it into the show. We'll see. Nah, <laughs> so, it's all it's it. gold. So anyway, Spook's name is actually slang for you know unwanted child. Yeah, yeah, yeah abandoned. So that's the end you know, of the chapter. If, if anything would make me like him less, that's like definitely in the top five. So. Is is left is Lester Bourne's street slang for I've been abandoned. So is it just meant to be like a corruption of the phrase left behind? Well, it I says, guess. Uh, let's see, lefting I'm born. So I, uh, it sounds like, <laughs> it sounds to me like leaving the place I'm born, but no, apparently it's I've been abandoned. So maybe lefting I'm born means like they left me when I was born or something. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know why we're sitting here trying to make sense of his street slang. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> I just want to know what his actual name was then. If that's what he's, the name he's mm-hmm. given himself. Yeah. Well, maybe, his real name. Maybe we'll find out 
and then I still <laughs> won't care. But it's like this actually makes it makes it really funny because he's like, yes, I've put a lot of thought into this name. It sums up my whole traumatic backstory. Meets Kelsia. <laughs> that name's shit. You're spooked now. Yep. And and fucking Kelsia understands the slang. He knew exactly what that meant. I oh, mean, that's told yeah, maybe that's why sucked. he gave him a different name. He may have yeah. he may have been like, hey, that's not a cool name for you to have. I'll give you a different one. Yeah. Well, but it, it's not even like straight street slang because lefting I'm born would be the street slang. So he takes oh, that and he turns yeah. it into Lesterborns, which I, I feel like you would have to know what he was trying to say to get that translation. Yeah, point. But you make an interesting point because we find out that his mom is the one who sent for her brother for clubs to come and take the boy. And she never mentioned the kid's name. And during the whole scene, like the dad calls him boy. Even the mom calls him boy. The mom's like, he brought us coins. Surely that's better than killing the boy. So maybe he doesn't have a name. Maybe he's boy. Maybe, maybe he's just boy. Yeah. Or maybe, and again, we Dak kind of touched on this. Maybe he doesn't remember his original name because he was a kid. And since this is his brain and his flashback, he can't remember his name. So he just yeah. inserted boy. Oh, it, that's interesting. Yeah. It might be a really traumatic thing. So he's just like, no, I don't want to think about that. Hmm. Well, that's that's the name given given to me by the people who booted me out. But yeah, that's a short chapter of uh, Spook's origin story, which I know everyone was clamoring for the Spook origin story film. So here we here we got it. But <laughs> but also like it's yeah it's the origin story, but it also doesn't tell us shit. We don't find out how he snapped. So no, I guess we don't. He's just yeah. running around out there with the the kids. Somehow. Now I just have to find a place in Spook rap to rhyme lefting I'm bored. <laughs> I wondered if that would affect this. Oh, it'll go sure. Source. Yeah, Mistborn, Lefting, I Born. I think I rhymed Mistborn with Lestborn, so I think we're covered. <laughs> <laughs> Try and find some place to like to work in how he fought a possum. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, until pro- until proven otherwise, I'm sure that's got to be it. That's yeah. how he snapped. Exactly. <laughs> it, it hissed at him. He got real scared. He snapped. Then he could smell the possum really strongly, and he was like, "This is gross. <laughs> I got to get out of here. I got to get home." And like, then he came oh, home, and his dad's oh, like, I'm going to kill you! It's, it's like, oh, I can feel the rabies in my bloodstream as it bites the me. rabies. <laughs> I was going to make you into a pie. Now I just want to go home. <laughs> but now we get to the epigraph where Aurian tells us that uh, it was ruin that was behind the 11th medal, fabricated this legend. Did you say Aurian? Aurian. <laughs> oh, whoops, I meant the, the epigraph writer. Yeah, you definitely said Aurian, and we do not believe that she's the epigraph writer. Don't <laughs> no. even don't even play. So no, bonfire, yeah. bonfire. <laughs> I would never have a slip of the tongue that revealed the true identity of the epigraph writer. Yeah, Aurian can't talk that well. I'm just gonna go ahead and say that right now. It cannot be Aurian. No, there's she been cannot no mention even... of the, of the color pink in these epigraphs. Not her. <laughs> I, I doubt she can even read. <laughs> She has somebody else to do the reading for her. Yeah, she dictated this whole thing. Oh, gosh. While she was sitting on some guy like a footstool. So, but no, I mean, this, if 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 this person is right, and this was all just a part of Ruin's plan, this is an extremely subtle plan to introduce the 11th medal, get it to Kelsier, the one guy who is going to actually accomplish what no one in a thousand years has accomplished. And then it's not a medal, it's not like Duralumin, where it was like, if you burn Duralumin with iron, maybe you could have ripped those things out of his arms, out of Lord Ruler's arms to kill him, like Vin eventually does. So it wasn't something 
you know, that you could shove coins through him really hard or whatever. It was the thing that revealed the truth about his past that let Vin figure out who he really was. Yeah. So it's it's a very like convoluted plan. If this was really yeah, this planned. is a reach for sure. I don't think you're exactly right. Like, why wouldn't Ruin just teach him about Duralumin? Makes no sense. Maybe Ruin is just that subtle. He knows what's going to happen somehow. Well, maybe it has to do with with the rules that Vin is mm. saying that they, he has to follow. Maybe he can't directly affect things that much, especially if yes. he was still trapped in the well. It's like, yeah, he 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 can't throw out the, um, too many hints because that's like that's not very sixteen percent of you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's not very 16%. But uh, yeah, it says the Lord Ruler knew the truth about Ruin and would never have released him, so he needed Ruin needed a way for the Lord Ruler to die. Even our greatest victory was shaped by Ruin's subtle fingers. So that that is a little bit sad to be like the one big victory we've had in this whole series so far has been when Vin took down the Lord Ruler. It's like, oh no, that was part of the big bad's plan. Fine, just take all all the joy out of life Arian, what a jerk uh, yeah. uh sure Arian. Mm-hmm. i mean sazed uh, or whoever the writer is it's sazed uh <laughs> I, you know maybe he's still on his depressed kick here uh he's like yeah you know it was ruin's plan even our greatest victory was shit you know <laughs> i just don't care about anything i can but see I'm, how that would fit with Sazed's i'm the hero of ages so far, i guess Ugh. What, what that he, means. What the beginning says is, I am unfortunately the hero of ages. Yeah, he's like, like yeah, ah, if it's Orianne, yes, that's very unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know that she would recognize that it's unfortunate, though, so again, can't be Orianne. Yeah, she doesn't uh, have self-awareness. No, not that kind of self-awareness, anyway. Okay, but this is the Tensoon chapter, and it's really, for the most part, a very introspective. Tensoon is sitting there and thinking about the bad stuff that's going to happen to him, and... I wonder what Vin's chapter, doing now. Zayst is sad. In this chapter, Tensoon is sad. In this chapter, Vin is sad. Everyone's sad, damn it. But yeah, in this chapter, Spook has a sad flashback. <laughs> it was a sad flashback. In this in this chapter, Marsh is sad. He really needs to go to the bathroom. <laughs> His Ruin little spikes let don't let him go. <laughs> oh, there's a spike. That's bad. No, he's just, he's just, he's just asking Ruin. It's like, can, can, I, can I please? No, we have more important stuff to do. Oh. <laughs> He's like, just pee in your robes. It doesn't matter. <laughs> It'll be all sticky. <laughs> I wonder if those spikes can rust. Well, I mean, if some of them are made of iron, maybe. Uh, the steel ones, probably not as much. If they're stainless. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. So Tensun has the blessing of presence, so he's able to focus despite his uncomfortable confines. And guards show up. There's five. There's fifth generation guards, rather, with the blessing of potency. So, and he could not outrun Contra, who happened, who had the blessing of potency. It says so. There's some information, some solid information about what that does. And then so maybe got, that's how. Uh, sorry, maybe that's how he kept up with Vin on the rooftops all the time. He had the, because they said he got the blessing of potency from Orser. Oh, that's true. Yeah, if oh, he's yeah. using that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, so maybe he was using that to keep up with Vin on the rooftops and stuff. That's a good thought. But he doesn't have it anymore. Uh, yeah, said well, it, they, they said it wasn't on him when he, he came in. Right. He's, he's and so I'm he's wondering. Gonna, he's going to go find it and take it back. I'm wondering if they didn't think to check the animal body. Like somehow he hid it in the bones of the wolf oh. and the, the hound. So I don't know. But I mean, that's just a guess. But we do eventually get the guards coming up 
and Varsell. Oh, this asshole. Yeah, and he's like, uh, great, we 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 found the new Zane. <laughs> <laughs> so, orders of the second generation, you're to wear these bones. They're they intend to break your bones as part of your punishment, and there's no need to waste perfectly good bones on on that. So, here, take these. And they are the dog bones that uh, it's apparently, I guess, been a week since that conversation with Melon about how much he hated the dog bones. So uh, I would be so sad if I had to wear them again. <laughs> but we end uh, we end this by uh, with Sensen being like, now I have what I need to escape. So maybe Jamie was right last time. He's going to break out of uh, this prison they've got him in. He's, he's not going to be in the cage the entire book. Sad. I was looking forward to day 3000 in my cage. <laughs> uh, but there's an interesting bit of annotation here that I wanted to hit on. Brandon says Tensun made a much better wolfhound than he did a person. He's been on lots of contracts, and his ability to form a body was actually second to none. During this book, he's probably the single most talented Chandra alive when it comes to manipulating his shape and creating believable human features, even if he doesn't have a model as a guide. He's faster than any other Chandra for sure. But when it came to acting a role and playing a part, he was about average. He didn't have Orsor's flair for imitation, where Orsor got so into the part that he began to think of himself as that person to an extent. Tensun, on the other hand, is more prone to letting his true biases and feelings come through. So Angry, angry man. Well, and we saw at the beginning, he really was kind of pissy with Vin. Yeah. And then he, and then he learned how much he likes belly rubs. <laughs> Yep, belly rubs and minging old meat. <laughs> but it, it also says if life had not intervened, he would – and well, it talks about how the wolfhound body really fits him and gave him an opportunity to be himself. It even let him play on some of his natural wanderlust that is part of the reason he's always taking contracts. But it says if life hadn't intervened, he would have been perfectly content to spend the next century or so acting as a wolfhound guard and attendant to Vin and her children – assuming he didn't actually surrender completely to his wanderlust and just head out in the wilderness to be free from the politics and contracts. I'm not sure if he ever would have done it. His sense of duty and his sense of responsibility to his people was as strong as his desire to be free. Either way, it's a shame the world had to up and end on him. Things were finally, after seven centuries of life, looking up for Tensoon. So yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> Damn. Just when he got to, to be himself, yeah. uh, he's going to be executed. It's a, real kick in the, it's a real kick in the dog, Nats. <laughs> but yeah it's interesting that he makes a better wolfhound than a person it's kind of uh, it let him be free finally that's nice i guess and he's got the yeah, like, i don't i don't i don't have to talk to people it's great <laughs> yeah i've <laughs> often thought i'd make a better dog than a person but you know. oh yeah i've had that thought <laughs> cat's much better you just get to sleep all day and people clean up after you and you live longer uh, than I, dogs I, I think it'd be I think it'd be great to be to be a dog's like 90% of people will just be happy by you showing up. That's true. You, you don't have to worry about getting your own food because people will just bring yeah. it to you. I want to be a dog for like a week just to try it out. <laughs> try it yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I really wish you remember that book series Animorphs. I would have just wanted oh, to go with yes. a dog for an hour at a time. I'd just be like, no, nah, I'm good. I never actually <laughs> read any of those, but I saw lots of them in the library. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some yeah, dude got stuck series. as a hawk because he'd rather be a hawk than a person. And I'd be like, that'd yep. be me. I'd get stuck as like a like a border collie just because I was having a good time. <laughs> uh, okay, so – oh, and our final epigraph is about the balance, which they touched on a little bit. Like Ham asked a question about it at some point, 
but we didn't get too deep into it. But apparently it was a big topic of discussion by philosophers in the third and fourth centuries. The Lord Ruler actually, according to this, altered mankind to make them more capable of dealing with the ash and at the same time did some other stuff. Noblemen were tall, stronger, smarter, and less fertile, and the Ska were shorter, hardier, and had lots of children. Yeah, and I feel like this is a topic we discussed quite a bit in the first book because they bring it up a couple of times. And I think you kind of had asked us, especially at the beginning, like, what did we think these Ska people were? So the so the fact that the epigraph writer is postulating that there actually was a physical difference between them endowed in them by the Lord Ruler is kind of a weird thought because I think throughout the whole thing we're like no they're they're the same it's just it's just their culture that has created a rift between them mm-hmm. but in all reality it's, according to the epigraph writer writer is like no there is a physical difference between these two they're they're basically different they've got different Species. genetics yeah. yeah. Yeah, or he, there was. He basically tried to make the, the scar into the Oompa Loompas. Yeah, kind of. Right. But then the epigraph writer does go on to say it's like most of that, by the time the Lord Ruler died, most of that had already gone. Yeah, the inbreeding uh, has largely erased the differences. Yeah, yeah. Which, like, you think about how heavily he slammed the book on, you know, if, 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 if a child was found to be the product of a union between a scar and a noble, like, that, that child was killed and so was the offending parents mm-hmm. i feel like back in the day when the physical differences were so much more pronounced like it would have been a lot harder to hide that like they're doing these days right so it makes you question like were the rules less strict back then or yeah like how does this happen but and it's also like if they were less strict back then why then why they're yeah. so strict now when it is harder to hide like that's how we got here i mean maybe the lord rulers started out trying to be nice and it's like hey don't do this and realized as time went on that you had to be really harsh or it was going to happen a lot. Yeah, maybe we don't, that's I, when the child baiting started. Yeah. There's a thousand years of history here that we're just not privy to. And we're getting bits and pieces of uh, interesting factoids. Yeah. Okay. And so our last chapter we read was 25. The boat shows up at Fadrek city and it's, uh, I don't know how you picture it. It talks about like the city, is a on a terrace like natural form rock formation. And he says in the annotations that it, it's hard to get exactly the description across that he wants. Oh, also interestingly, the city was originally named Fadex F A D E X. And he says, nobody, not my editor, my agent or my writing group liked that name. I added one letter and suddenly it was okay. Go figure. <laughs> I'm going to agree with that. Fadex is well, Fadex. Or yeah. Whatever. It's harder to nah. say. Yeah. Yeah. Fad, the the R really gives it some gusto. Otherwise, it's yeah. just like Farex, Farex, Farex. I can't do it. Yeah. But he says Fadex. that he... it also kind of sounds like Fat X if you say it. <laughs> fat X. <laughs> and I feel like that's derogatory, even if you don't like your X. So. Now you just got me thinking of Red X from the Teen Titans cartoon show, but Fat. <laughs> I don't know why that's where my brain went, but that's where it went. Yeah. But anyway, or yeah. uh, for the My Hero Academia fans, Fat Gum. Okay. He's a great hero. <laughs> He's super fat, and except when he takes like uh, a bunch of damage, he can absorb it with his fat, and then he gets really skinny. Is he like Fat Chance from the Venture Brothers? Uh, I don't think I ever got to that far in the Venture Brothers. Oh, okay, that's fine. Anyway, he says that the rock formations are like rock formations in Utah. That he's he says he spent a lot of time in southern Utah. There's lots of these kind of formations there, so it's easy for him to picture. 
it's harder for him to try to explain what it looks like. And he does say if you Google Cathedral Valley, you'll get an idea of what he thinks the area looks like. So hmm. that's uh, that's what Fadrix looks like, in case anyone was interested. Ham notes that there used to be lots of trees growing up there, but they've been cut down and uh, to create a better killing field and keep them from sneaking up. So Yeoman, who's in charge of the city, has uh, prepared for this eventuality. And interestingly, they've uh, they've arrived here by canal, but Ham says, I don't think that we're going to leave here by canal. The ash, There's so much ash that it has clogged the canals. So this is getting bad with the ash. They don't talk about it much, but probably because there's not really anything they can do about it. But it's not good. You get like a giant metal shovel or something and just get all their coin shots behind it, pushing it so they can just. <laughs> it's just. It, I think it's it talked earlier about that they were using nets or something to like dredge the canals some to make them passable. That's what his army was doing when he came back from conquering that city. Uh, we note that the Fadrek city army or uh, the people there have already been exposed to the mists. They can tell that much. So Ellen's like, well, good idea exposing our army too, so that we're not weak there. And also if they do take the city, it's one less thing they have to worry about. That's true. You don't have to worry about exposing all of them like you did the last city. That's a good point. Damu's still sick. And Ellen's thinking we're spread thin, spook and breeze in the north. Penrod back at Luthadel. And Felt is watching the storage cache in the east. If you guys remember Felt, he's a fun guy. Which one was Felt? So Felt in the first book was like the leader of the spies that Ellen borrowed to spy on. Oh, that guy. And then in the second book, he figured out how the wells were getting poisoned. Yeah, yeah. So he's I in a way I like that we get characters like Gordel and Felt who just kind of like they keep popping up like Show hey up this is often. yeah this is people that are in this universe that we've met and they still exist and you're it's not always just like some random new guy doing everything but uh, yeah it's not like Game of Thrones either where instead of bringing back the same character there's just like another character and then you got to remember that character too because right. he's gonna become super that, important that, later <laughs> that's just because the original character filling that role died and then a new character had to come along to fill that role. 25,000 defenders of the city is uh, what Ham says. And Set says that most of the troops are probably out, like, keeping control of the other cities in the area. And Vin's like, oh, wait, do you think the other cities would, like, rebel and switch sides back to you? And Set's like, oh, no, no, they would just make their own kingdoms. Maybe you've noticed this is a thing that keeps happening. They're going to try to trick Yeoman. He's like, hey, tell everyone to stay inside during the mists, but get ready for a raid so that we can trick him maybe into thinking we're scared of the mists. And Set wants to try to attack the surrounding cities to distract and try to, like, uh, starve the area out. He's like, we can take these other cities with no defenses, and then we'll kind of rule the area around here. And Ellen's like, yeah, we're not going to do that. We're not here to just, like, conquer back your homeland. We're here to get the storage cache, and there's not any reason to pillage the countryside in the process. Actually not here for your feelings. (laughs) Shocker, I know. (laughs) But Set makes a point. He's like, what do you think you're going to find in this cache? Some magical thing to stop the ash? Like, that's Adium isn't even going to do that. And he, he says, you've been chasing a puzzle left by the Lord Ruler for the better part of a year. Has it not occurred to you that the man was a sadist? There is no way out of this. And he makes a point that we didn't actually know before this, that the Western dominance has plateaus that are the most elevated farmland in the empire. And the higher altitude means closer to the sun. So if we're going to find plants that can survive the Damis, this is where you'll want to grow them. So I guess that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. Useful info. I, I will admit I was really thrown in this little, you know, rant of his. He calls Elland by his first name. I'm like, 
when did you get on a first name basis with these people? <laughs> Still, like no one's calling you Ashweather yet. It's just too hard to say. Ashy boy. Ashy boy. Just, <laughs> oh. just come out like a Staten Island dude, like hey, Ashy boy. Then again, Set did name his his son Meow Meow or whatever, so maybe he doesn't have a problem with hard names too. I can never actually remember his real name. What is it? It's it's G N E O R N D I N something like that, like Mjolnirden. 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 That's that's how we got to Mjolnir, which is and then Meow Meow. Yeah. I like Meow Meow better. That guy gonna do something, right? Still hasn't done anything. He just hangs out. I don't know that we even see him at this meeting. He was at the last meeting, but so was Ariane. So, you know, Seth's kids just and she keep said more than he did. Stuff. She did. It's it's not bring your kids to work day. <laughs> <laughs> but Seth wants to assassinate King Yeoman. Again, and like, shocker. No. Yeah, well, Ellen's like, no, we're not going to do that. And Seth's like, why not? We have two Mistborn. Like, what's the point of you? And. Brandon has something to say about this that I wanted to touch on because he's like, the assassination card is one that I'm hesitant to play. Perhaps it's old fashioned morals on my part, but I'm saving up the quote unquote guilt from assassinating so many people character conflict for a different book sometime. I'd like it to be a major theme sometime as I work out what it does to a person to kill in that way. But I feel that the lack of assassinations in book two is one of the weaker parts of the novel. And to be honest, despite my own explanations and rationalizations, I think there probably should have been more of an attempt by the good guys to just kill Straff and Set. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to argue that point. <laughs> just just go kill Sit, Straff. It would have been so much easier. And uh, Set's like, what? Uh, Ham says, we don't work that way. And Set's like, that didn't stop Vin from like tearing a hole through my army back in the day. Back before we teamed up, he says. Teamed up. <laughs> He's very yeah, familiar that's definitely with these what people. It's like, you are still a total prick. <laughs> but, like, teamed up, making a lot of assumptions there. Yep. Well, and I think Alan takes him to task for it a little bit here. He's like, look, he we're not friends. Like, <laughs> we're, I'm not here to do what you want. Me. Like, you're going to take what I give you or you're not getting anything. So just shut up and we're going to do this my way. I'm the king. Yeah. Yep. 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 He's just like, you're... F- if we make an alliance, I don't get my city back, Set complains, because Ellen wants to try diplomacy, make an alliance, everybody's happy. He's like, you're forgetting something, Set. We didn't team up. You knelt before me offering up an oath. Actually, he knelt before Vin, if I remember right. Ellen wasn't there, but still. <laughs> and so he's like, yeah, I'm going to give you a kingdom, but you don't get to pick it. I mean, he, he didn't really kneel either. He doesn't, like, his legs don't work. That's true. <laughs> I think he had yeah. people, like, lower him to a kneeling position. I think oh, that okay. is what happened, yeah. Like, also, Set, it's not your city, bro. If if we take it, it's my city. <laughs> and so Set's, like, sitting there, taken aback by this. Is like, hey, I'll give you a kingdom, the kingdom I pick, and when I pick it, you don't get to pick any of that shit. <laughs> and finally Set smiles, and he's like, man, you've changed. You, you'll get what I say again, and you'll be happy with it. Now, eat your beans. <laughs> And and really, I mean, he may not be thrilled, but I think Set is at the point here where it's like, you know, it's this or dead. So, OK, Vin is always here to remind him of uh, how easily it could be dead instead of this. So it's it's like Set is Jane, Ellen is Simon and Vin is River. Just like, by the way, I can kill you with my brain. Yep. Set does feel like Jane. Actually, now that you said that less weapony, but still. Yeah. 
a bit more eloquent. Yeah, and I mean, Jane had like a kind of loyalty to Mal in a lot of ways. Even when he was like turning over River and Simon, it was like he still liked Mal and respected Mal. I don't think Set has yeah. that for anybody. Yeah. Also, Set's not as useful as Jane. Just saying. No. Almost yeah. kind of all the soldiers that he brought to the table. But the next bit is my favorite bit of the chapter, where Ellen's like, uh, "So Vin, you think you can get into the city?" And she's like, "I hope that was meant to be rhetorical." <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "I just want to be polite, you know. I'm not <laughs> not telling you what to do." Uh, but uh, they want to set to give a list of informants, noblemen that might still be loyal, that kind of thing that Vin can sneak in and kind of communicate with. <laughs> I like that Seth's reaction is noblemen, loyal. <laughs> and Ellen is just like, can can you say one fucking thing that isn't just <laughs> annoying as shit? <laughs> you can help us or not, man. Do you want that kingdom? <laughs> oh, man. Ellen's still just going, good lord, we traded clubs for this. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, also, I think who's the guy who took over for Straff? Uh, Gennaro? He's got to be around Gennaro, here somewhere, yeah. right? I don't know what his what he's up to. Didn't they send him somewhere else? Yeah, it may have been mentioned in this book. Actually, hold on, we're gonna. No, I'm gonna look it up because it's gonna bother me otherwise. There, there. I, I search for Gennaro, and the first thing that comes up is Set saying Pedron and Gennaro can suck on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it says. Penrod was in Luthadel. Janarl ruled the Northern Dominance. Oh, yeah, so oh, he's yeah. probably uh, up there in the Northern Dominance, like, taking care of business, because they have the Northern Dominance. Yeah, it says Janarl's smaller force of troops was being used to maintain order in the cities that he did have control of. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's like he's not ruling over, because, I mean, the whole point of Breeze and Says going up there was because we don't have control. you got your freaking animal farm going on up there. yeah. And I, I think probably what it is is like the citizen rules Erto, and the rest of the northern dominance may still be under like Gennaro, and so he's kind of taking care of those smaller cities. But after the meeting breaks up, Vin and Ellen kind of have their own side discussion where Ellen acknowledges maybe we will have to try assassination. I hope not, but you know, maybe. <laughs> he says that he could go with her to sneak into the city, and she says, No, you're noisy. Plus, you smell. <laughs> Just, what do I smell like? An emperor. A ten I would pick you out in seconds. <laughs> She's like, love you, honey. You stink. <laughs> I don't, you smell like an emperor. I don't know what that means exactly. but means he, he smells like, like soap, which is not yeah. something in common supply. Mm. Exactly. And he's yeah. like, wait, don't you possess an imperial scent as well, Miss Empress? <laughs> She's like, well, yeah, but I know how to get rid of it. So. Right. <laughs> That's it's like, just not my natural musk. <laughs> they see they see Ellen walking through town. They're like, hey, look, it's the king. And they're like, how do you know he's the king? He hasn't got shit all over him. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the chapter. She's just like, Ellen, you're not good enough to come with me. And he just thinks like, dear Blunt Vin. And then he tells her to have have fun as she flies off. Yes. I, I do love Vin and her bluntness. There's something to be said for that. Okay. Let us do predigments. Um, Jamie can go first. Yeah, I don't really have a lot this week. I still, I guess Spook is going to become a, a bigger character than he is, if that makes sense. I think there's there's a lot that we're going to unravel about him and I'm really interested to see what happens with him now that he's got an extra power. So mm-hmm. whether whether he decides to use that for good becomes a bit of a problem. I'm not really sure yet. Fadrex. 
think I thought that we were going to be sort of a little bit closer to mid-book by the time we got there, but maybe that will get resolved a bit quicker than I was expecting as well. At this stage, I still think the biggest, not battle, but the biggest uh, conflict I think will come from the citizen and from that area because that's some scary stuff going on over there. So mm. hopefully we'll hear a bit more about that soon. I actually thought there was a bit of a glimmer of hope for Sazed. You know, he's got that little bit of a fire in there. I mean, it's buried under a lot of depression and dark times for him, but he knows that he's got something to do, which mm. I'm like, if he can hold on to that, that's really good because – I'd really love to see old Sazed again <laughs> by the time we're through. Yeah, I'm glad Demo's okay at some level. I didn't think they'd kill him yet. He's becoming a bit of a character, so kind of glad he's still going. But, yeah, no, I don't really have anything to predict as such. The Citizen really does seem like the bigger threat right now, right? But we haven't met Yeoman yet, so we don't know what kind of threat he might pose. Yeah, true. Are, are we ever looking the threat of uh, Ruin and the Inquisitors? Yeah, there is that. They, I mean, we do know from Marsh's last chapter that there's 300,000 Koloss sitting out there with him just waiting for whatever Ruin's plan is. That's going to be hard to fight. Something's going to have to change for them to actually have a chance to be able to fight that. They've got to get some more information. Tensoon's going to have to be able to reunite with Vin to share what's going on. Because, I mean, Tensoon doesn't know what's been going on either. So when they're in a position to actually inform him of what's happened and tell him about ruin and everything he'll probably have some information that will help them Mm. sort of be able to understand it a little bit better but there's got to be some information or a way to communicate or something out there that's gonna help them because at the moment anything they try to plan or or do is going to be thwarted like they just they just don't have a chance Mm -hmm. anything they say gets overheard by ruin apparently Mm. but beyond that i mean we're talking about we're talking about Citizen, Yeoman, even Inquisitors and Coloss. Beyond all that, the real threat that is hiding in the background this whole book is the Mists, which they talk about a lot, a lot, and the Ash, which we get to look at in this chapter, is like so extreme that it's now clogged up the the canals, which are the major thoroughfare of the Final Empire. Everything moved along these canals, and there's so much ash that they're clogged. So Mm. that's like a whole other level of threat is mist and ash like what do we do about that is it something that they are going to have to unite diplomacy will work uh, eventually (laughs) or by Hmm. force because at the end of the day it's going to affect all of them it's not going to be just one one group of people are safe and unless they know something that not everyone else knows but i guess that's kind of that's kind of what happened to set was diplomacy by force yes that's that's how he joins up so yeah okay so we have a lot of threats and not a lot of solutions at this point so i uh it's going to be interesting. Uh, yeah. It's still like it's still pretty early days, though. You know, mm. it, I think we we've seen this pattern before. You know, you've got a little a lot of little things going on, and we'll just build information and build information, and then we'll get to that point where it's like, ah, this all comes into line with this, and this makes sense. And you know, we're we're not far enough in yet to get that information that triggers something and it goes, ah, yep, yeah, this is how it's going to unfold, or this is what we think is going to happen. That's true. Even in the first book, it was like the Lord Ruler was this impossible to kill thing that was God until we kind of found the little secret that was buried yeah. the whole way. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, okay, Joe. Uh, I don't have a lot either. I think I talked a little bit about maybe my overarching theories on some of these things as we were going along. 
Uh, I feel like uh, sometimes when I do that, it, it's a little easier for me to express my my brain. So sure, uh, sure. I think I've talked a little bit about where I think maybe we're heading and some of the overarching things. Yeoman, uh, I just need some clarification. Is Yeoman was Yeoman an obligator? Is that what was said? Yes, he he was an obligator for the Canton of Resource. I think you okay. may have said. Okay, okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure because um, I was trying to recall exactly what his role was before this. So. My guess is that he's going to be pretty – it's not going to be an e, – they're not going to have an easy go of it with Yeoman either, even if they do go the diplomacy route. I'm guessing they're, that neither side's going to be willing to make the concessions that are necessary, so they may have to use Vin as extra muscle. I don't know. Maybe they'll find a contingent within the city when Vin goes into spy that is willing to help overthrow Yeoman, but maybe they're going to want a piece of, uh, piece of the city. So uh, I'm not sure – Maybe what that is. Here's what I might might be more interesting for me to see, and I don't think it's going to happen because he's scared uh, of Vin. But I'd I'd be interesting to see like a double cross from Set, some kind of thing where he he doesn't mm-hmm. like that that Ellen's not going to give him the city necessarily, and so he takes matters into his own hands and starts like uh, slaughtering people in the nearby towns and trying to take over cities and stuff. But it might be interesting to see that. And then here's what I really hope happens. I hope, just like in all our favorite dramatic TV shows, I hope there's a chapter where it's like a musical and they're all singing. <laughs> um, and uh, I think that would be great. But I don't know that it fits within the genre too well. So once more with feeling from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right? No, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. Or the musical episode of Supergirl, which I didn't watch, but, you know, is a thing. It's like all the, the scar trying to dredge the canal, just going, roll 16 tons. What yeah. do you get? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, 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 Yeah. Or they're like, look down, look down. (laughs) But that might be fun. I really hope that Sazed kind of comes more. Maybe the Urto stuff will be good because if the citizen is the main, like, besides Ruin, of course, if citizen is the main threat. What if he um, is Ruin? (gasps) uh, I don't know about that. But. If he is kind of the main human threat in this uh, portion of the book, I'd really like Sace to be heavily involved in kind of um, his takedown. I'd like more clarification. I think we'll get more clarification on maybe what the Kelsier ghost thing was. So that might be good because uh, we didn't really get to we didn't they didn't really talk about that in this chapter because I guess he's passed out having a fa- flashback, you know, flashback of plot convenience. And then other than that, I guess I really want to see how all these strings come together to form the web of this story because i feel like this is the last book in this first era series like there's got to be a convergence of all of these things somehow and i hope it's weaved into a nice web as opposed to uh like some of the theories we had last time with like citizen the citizen is actually like in league with the inquisitors like that something like that would be really interesting but yeah so i'm looking forward to i'm you know i'm optimistic and excited about the future of the book. Okay. That's good. We like optimistic and excited. This is a plus. Um, okay, Jack, what do you got? Uh, so I've got a couple just of possibilities of uh, things that might happen in the next few chapters. I think the most immediate one I have is, like, they've made it to Fadrex. Ruin will have another Coloss army and an Inquisitor or two hiding out nearby, just waiting to see what's happening. I think... Like there's like ruins probably thinking oh there's no point sending this army in and potentially losing like more inquisitors and coloss to these guys when the two human armies might just wipe each other out in the process so I'll just wait to see and if they manage to unify then I'll send I'll send in my guys hmm. 
so so yeah i think you know it'll just be a they finally resolve the conflict in fadrex we're all good we're all good and the Kylos are attacking <laughs> i like the idea that he's like i'll let you guys ruin yourselves unless you fail and then i'll have to do it for you yeah yeah it's, it's like uh, one of the classic james bonds like the villains talking about it's like no no you don't fight your enemy you set two enemies against each other and then pick them off pick off the survivor when they're weak Mm, that was the entire plot of the last book both the armies are sitting out there like when the other army attacks i'll have all the advantage yeah pretty much so that's what i think ruins up to at the moment i think spook is going to abuse his power not through any ill intention but i think he's just going to make the situation in urto a whole lot worse because he's just going to go to town using his new powers like look at all the shit i can do now i'm so useful (laughs) and actually just fucks everything up for everyone and because uh, I think that's that's a nice parallel to Rashek getting power and like being manipulated by Ruin to an extent. And it's like, like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to do the right thing and actually wound up destroying everything. I don't, yeah, I, I after our conversation last week, I'm sort of convinced that Spook is like a sort of Inquisitor now with that spike and Ruin's in his head. I think that was the Kelsey. I still think Ruin is the Kelsier ghost. So maybe Ruin will just sort of push him into doing stuff he really shouldn't be doing. What else did I have? So like. I think Tensoon's going to escape, and Va- like Varsel really has a chip on his shoulder about Tensoon. So I think once Tensoon escapes, Varsel is going to chase him down, and there's going to be like a big fight, and then it's like, oh, I'm going to have to kill another Kandra. Or else Ten- Tensoon will say, you can't condemn me for killing a Kandra when you're trying to kill me yourself. Mm. And Varsel's going to be like, oh, fuck you. And <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, I'm picturing this as like lame is now. <laughs> and I am Varsel! <laughs> There's Maybe that's where you'll get your musical portion. <laughs> yeah, there you go. They'll, they'll sing yeah. as they're fighting. It'll be great. It's yeah. these stars, but they don't know what they look like, so... <laughs> Two, four, six, oh, one! <laughs> Gosh. I... No, no, it'd be third generation! Yeah, that, that's yeah, supposed to be good, too. So, uh, yeah. um, you're, you're saying that you don't think that Spook is has learned to be subtle in the last uh, ten minutes or whatever since we last saw him. I th- I think that he's gotten a whole bunch of new powers and th- and will just think to himself I can do so much shit now and he can and he'll you know like the Jurassic Park creator he'll be so focused on whether or not he could he doesn't stop to think about whether or not he should. Mm, okay. Yeah. And the musical kick in. <laughs> That's how you beat Ruin with dinosaurs. Yeah, that would be how I would do it. <laughs> Nah, I'd probably I mean, use, like, there is... an army of corgis. That would be way cuter. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a book series I've got called The Dinosaur Knights. It's, like, exactly what it sounds like, knights mounted on dinosaurs. Sure. sure. Uh, and the series, like, it was meant to be six books, so they got to three, and then the author passed away, so it's never oh. going to be finished, unfortunately. It's not the best series I've ever read. There's a, like, I have a lot of problems with it, but there is one fucking awesome moment in one of the books where it's, like, You've got these two armies charging at each other. The guy at the head, he used to ride on a on a I can't remember if it was a T Rex or an Allosaurus, but like the it's been gone for ages and he hasn't seen it in like months and months and months. He thinks it's dead. And they're like, Yeah, it's like the climax of the book. They're fighting these armies. The main villain of the book is like above him, about to kill him, and then all of a sudden they all hear this roar and this fucking Allosaurus bursts out of the trees and just eats the the main bad guy. I'm like, Oh, that's the best. Hmm. I can see how this would be very uh what uh, cathartic yep dinosaurs eating the bad guy because yeah. like you you see you see like the dinosaurs pov throughout the book trying to get back to him 
It's Aww. like a very it's like it's like a very loyal, murderous, giant, <laughs> carnivorous dog trying to get back to its master who it loves. Now you got me thinking of Game of Thrones with like the dire wolves when like they're separated from their wolves. Similar. Yeah, or the dragons. I mean in Game this, of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a close comparison. Those guys are um, basically dinosaurs. But yeah, the, the only other prediction I have is a bit more long-term, um, but I think at some point Ruin's going to send Marsh to fight Vin just to try and get a sen- get more of a sense of her and see if like she might hesitate when she's fighting him. Hmm, that would make sense. I mean, they weren't ever super close, but close enough. No, but she she has a connection with him. Right. I mean, we saw in, we saw in the last book, Says don't give a shit. Says was ready to pulp that guy. Yep. But Vin, on the other hand, might not. Well, and if only because of how close she was to Kelsier, and that's Kelsier's brother. So, yeah. Right. Interesting. That would be that would be an interesting thing. He's like, maybe I can make her hesitate. That's assuming that Ruin's worried about Vin at all. So far, he's manipulated her masterfully into releasing him. So, uh, yeah, she might, but be, she does she might be, be his best friend. She's she's kind of like, you know, taking his army away that's bit by true. bit. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. She killed that Inquisitor up pretty well. Ellen kind of killed the Inquisitor up pretty good. One of the, the one of them had a coloss, squashed squished the guy's head, and then they took all his coloss yeah. away. So yeah, that's that's a fair point. It's a it's a stupid thing, but I kind of hope that at some point Spook and Set encounter each other, and Spook just decks him. He's like you're like my uncle was was better than you. How dare you, how dare you replace my uncle? <laughs> that would make me love Spook. Damu's become General Damu, so it may be that he's like more actively in charge of the army like clubs was although he doesn't seem like a tactician sort of in charge of the army so maybe they're kind of like yeah, splitting no, clubs duties when set when set first showed up they sort of made the comparison in this book that is he they made the comparison it's like he's really taken over from clubs as the tact as the tactician of the group yeah okay he did lead an army so he may know some stuff about that which is more than ellen has done he before this book he's never like led armies yeah, yeah. anyway we have one email that I wanted to hit on from J. Jonah Jameson. And <laughs> I haven't heard from him in a while. Right? Oh, our good buddy John Jacob Jinkelheimer Schmidt, huh? <laughs> <laughs> He's actually in the in the Discord, and I don't remember if it's every week or every month or what, but he changes his name in the Discord to something else that begins with J. And I didn't I didn't realize this right. until somebody's like, hey, somebody give me another name that begins with J. And somebody's like, why? And he's like, well, I'm this I'm the guy from the emails and I've been changing my name. And I was like, wow, I had I had not been paying enough attention to have realized this. Anyway, he says, hey there, I'm really enjoying your read through of Hero of Ages so far. It's one of the most fast paced books and one of my favorites. And the theories so far have been amazing and sometimes wildly hilarious. And then he says some stuff that's going to touch on, not really spoilers, but close enough that I'm going to skip that. Sorry, Jay. Also, host guy, please stop spoiling them that Ariane is the hero of ages. At least, you <laughs> didn't, at least you didn't tell them that she's actually a first-generation Chondra or that she also has all the adium in her petticoats. Nice. Good point. <laughs> she you... could probably fit it all under those seven layers of skirt. <laughs> that's where it's been hiding this whole time. <laughs> Wasn't till the time of next. So thank you, Jackson. Jingleheimer Schmidt. Very nice of you to send us a, drop us a line. If anyone else wants to email us, the Sanderlanch at gmail.com is where you can send these emails to. We're also on Instagram, which I didn't put an Instagram up this week or last week, I don't think, but that's because it's been crazy and I didn't have internet for almost a whole week. So, you know, some stuff slips by. But we are on Instagram. We're on Twitter at the Sanderlanch. We're on Facebook. 
where I occasionally post random pictures of crap, uh, even though that's more of an Instagram thing. We're on YouTube now. I have not uploaded any new episodes to YouTube, so it's still just The Final Empire. So I, mean, I need to go back and actually get back into the swing of making some new videos to put The Well of Ascension on YouTube. Yeah. But we're there also, so you can check us out there. Enjoy us in the car or on the boat, wherever good times are had. <laughs> Bender. We have we also have one new review on Apple Podcasts this week. It's from our old friend Angela Two. Oh, Angela Two, you're the best. <laughs> Angela left us five stars, and she, the review says, "Fun way to experience the Cosmere. This is a great way to re-experience Brandis, Brandon Sanderson's stuff. I can talk through the eyes of <laughs> Brandon, a first-time reader. The theories and reactions are so much fun to listen to, and it's crazy the details the podcast crew picks up on. Thank you, Angela. Wow, that was beautiful." That was very soothing as well. You're a soother, Angela. <laughs> Welcome to the Misting Crew. Welcome. I was about to say, to no, 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 no. She, she, like, she, doesn't, she doesn't like soothers. Like, no, that was Angela 1. Yeah. If I, don't Angela think, two... I don't think other Angela likes them a whole lot either. Oh, whole... no, Angela 2, what have I done? <laughs> uh, no, I take it back. I take it back. Uh, hold on. I can do this. Um, uh, um, it's... Uh, uh, that explode. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're a tin eye, Angela. Your senses are off the charts. <laughs> Good times. Thank you, Angela. Anyone else, please leave reviews uh, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, on the boat, whatever that Joe said. If you listen to, us to, to listen to us while hang gliding, how? Yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> if you listen to us while watching Futurama, way to multitask. <laughs> Honestly, hang gliding is a good socially distance experience uh, to be having right now. So, you know, that's true. It's true. Listen to us on the treadmill. It won't help you run faster, but it may help you fall. <laughs> okay. And then you might snap. What? Oh, there you Ooh. go. Yeah, a traumatic fall, slamming into a wall, being laughed at, emotionally <laughs> and physically painful. <laughs> yep. Leads to a snap. There's like a misery index, right? It's like traumatic, emotionally painful, physically painful, lasting effect. You have to score like a 65 at least on the misery index to snap. There's a show called The Misery Index. I don't really enjoy it. Yeah. It's got the Impractical Jokers and Jamila Jamil, who's really great in The Good Place, which I uh, oh, recommend. That, yeah. I knew I knew her from somewhere. We watched like one or two episodes of that show. Yeah. I was like, I know her from somewhere. Yep. She's in The Good Place. I only watched season one of The Good Place. That's oh, probably uh, a, one of the best seasons of it, but it gets good. I mean, I don't think it really had a bad season, but... I mean, you go back uh, Season and two, more, I don't know how I it. felt about it. Also, I read spoilers for future seasons, so I was kind of like, oh. No. Oh, yeah. If you don't know, like, if uh, you know ahead of time what's going on, like, I can't... That's not one of those that I can really rewatch. I feel like I absorbed everything. My wife cried at the finale, and we were done. Oh, Anyway, oh, the finale was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful. Thank you, everyone, for listening for next time. We're down to three chapters. We're reading 26, 27 and 28. So maybe slightly more meaty than some of the chapters we've been reading. It's really the middle one. That's the long one here. But anyway, so for next week, come back for three chapters. It'll be there, there's some fun stuff that I uh, I'm interested to see. Uh, what Dak in particular uh, picks up on here. Oh, geez, no pressure. All <laughs> the pressure. Anyway, 
So yes, come back. You watch. There's going to be a fucking volcano in this chapter, and everyone in Discord's going to laugh at me. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's going to make a volcano. It's going to be great with Adium somehow. The Adium's all in a volcano. That's why they can't find it. Bowie's going to pop up out of the volcano and be like, "Forget about the baby." That okay? I don't know why. One does. Sorry, you said <laughs> under pressure earlier, and it triggered. Oh right. Uh, it triggered David Bowie. <laughs> oh under my god. Pressure. Okay, wasn't to the I time mean, of next. I'll, everyone. I'll settle for Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Music by Miracle Sound. Dang it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fun. That, that, it's fine. I'm gonna. We'll, we'll we'll do it like that. As the tiles of steel and stone crumble to dust. Of our hope begin to rust. Choking fear, screaming sound as a reaper comes to ground. You turn to face it down because you must.